0: Nadarim, Perak, Dalad, Mishnah, Gimel 4, three. The Mishnah continues to talk about situations in which we have two people, Reuven and Shimon. And Reuven is in a situation where there's a netter in place which forbids him from getting benefit from Shimon. And yet the Mishnah will list additional things that Shimon may do, I'll call it, on behalf of Reuven, um, which are permitted. In is they're not considered to be a Hanah. So to understand this Mishnah, you have to just two basic pieces of background. One is that if Shimon were to do anything at the explicit request of Reuven, that would be considered a Hanal all to itself. That's the kind of thing you pay for. You pay for someone to do your bidding, and um, any time that a person acts as a shaliach on your behalf, that would be considered a Hanal, and that will always be forbidden. Okay, so just that can't be what's happening here. The second thing you have to keep in mind is that we have a principle that mitzvos love lehenos nitnu, that the mitzvahs were not given for the sake of hana'ah. When a person does a mitzvah, he may enjoy what he's doing, but that's not considered a hana'ah, which would be um, a legal hana'ah. Rather, when a person does a mitzvah or fulfills a mitzvah, he's doing the request of Hashem, acting as a servant, and any hana'ah he might get, that's incidental, it's marvelous, but it's not considered to be legal hannah, the kind of thing you, you pay for, so to speak. So, uh, with that in mind, the Mishnah gives several examples of things um, that, that Shimon can do on behalf of Reuven, even though there's a, a nether which prohibits Reuven from getting benefit, Hana, from Shimon. So the first is, it's really continuing on, right, from the previous Mishnah, Vitorum uh, es trumaso umasarov, excuse me, umasrosav Ladato. Shimon may separate his trumos and maestrus, his separations of the corn and levium from his agricultural produce, um, ledato, with his knowledge. So, ledato is a side point here, but it's managing a tricky balance. One is not allowed to take trumus and maestrus from his friend's produce, to give it to a co or levy, um, without um, the consent of the owner of the produce. The owner has... The right to a Tovos Hana, he can choose which cone he wants to give it to, so you can't do it without um, a green light giving consent from the owner. The tricky business will be if um, Reuven gave, you know, told Shimon, do me a favor and separate my Trumas Maish to give it to whoever I'm supposed to want to give it to or who I want to give it to, so then that'll be, if Shimon would do it, that'd be a fulfillment of Reuven's request, He's acting as a shaliach, that'll be an Isser of Hana. So that being the case, it has to be a situation in which um Ruven's made it clear he doesn't mind his Trumas Maitras getting um taken from his produce, you know, maybe he just he announced the world and he said you know something like, you know, whoever wants to separate my Truma, go right ahead. So now he's sort of said he's giving consent, but not request something specific from Shimon. So now Shimon can go and do it, and the fact that it's getting done and sort of saving Ruven time or something, so what? It's a mitzvah, mitzvah Slovenos no, he wasn't fulfilling any specific request, not Acting Shliach, and therefore it's permitted. Or, oh, says the Mishnah, um Shimon can offer karbonos on behalf of Reuven, and the truth is it doesn't matter if, of course, I mean, Shimon's a kohan, even if Reuven's a kohan will be eating um, from the meat, that wouldn't matter, it's all not relevant. The case of our Mishnah here are particular karbonos in which they're obligatory karbonos, and therefore um, the Kiddish of the Mishnah is, you might have thought that, you know, when Reuven brings his... Carbon to the base of Mikdash, so Shimon the Cohen is sort of working for him or something like that. That's incorrect. Shimon is Reuven brings his carbonos to the base of Mikdash. That ticks his box of requirement. And then Shimon works for Hashem. And Shimon the Cohen will work for Hashem and offer Hashem's child Reuven's carbonos as appropriate. Um, whoever will eat will eat. It doesn't make a difference, anyways. Whatever eating there is from Carbonus is incidental. These particular carbonos are obligatory there's no eating being done to them by uh by the owner uh, but the koan may eat these specific examples here um are kine zavin kine zavos those are a pair of birds a con is a pair of birds and olen khatas uh, which is brought for a zava zav, um, who are at the end of their who are at the end of their um, tuma period after seven days The point here, as well as um, Kine Yodos, a woman who gave birth, also after she reaches the point where she's giving Tahara, after 40 or 80 days, the point is that these people, the Zav, Zav, and yoledes, are all called muchusre Kipurim. They lack full atonement. They haven't finished their whole, really, Tahara process. And they cannot eat Korbanos yet. They can't go into the base of Mikdash yet um, until their offerings are brought. So the point is here that Shimon, in offering the Kinim or the of the Zav Zava or Yoledes is enabling that person now to have the benefits of eating Karbonos or going to the base of Maktush. So you might think that's a benefit that Shimon the Cohen is giving to Reuven the Zav or whatever it is. So you might have thought that, but you're thinking correctly. This is all, this is all how the system works. This is working for Shem. This is doing mitzvahs. Mitzvahs all the Hennessens new, And therefore, there's no problem with Shimon the Kohen doing these things on behalf of Reuven, even he's getting these this benefits potentially. Same goes for chatos and nashamos, sin offerings and guilt offerings. Whenever those are obligatory, um, they have to be brought. But the point is, it can be brought by Shimon, even though Shimon has a this restriction on Shimon giving Hana to Reuven. Next says the Mishnah. Um, Shimon can teach Reuven these areas of Halacha. Midrash, here in the mind of Chazal, this word refers to like Midrash e Halacha, like the Machilta, sefras, Sefri, these are drush on the psukim, to understand what like the but the, but the extra things that the psukim are teaching, not the midrash that we're using midrash to mean. Halachos, but it wouldn't make a difference, really. It's just that you have to have that pshat, because it says agados, also the Mishnah, agados would be those kind of things. So halachos are things that are halachal, so again, no psukim involved, just as a tradition, so passing on the tradition. Agados are like what we would call midrashim, so to speak, things that are, you know, homiletical, that are, or, you know, whatever, ethical teachings of the rabbis, supposed to legal teachings, and so on. All that's okay, because one isn't allowed to charge money for teaching those aspects of Torah. So therefore, he's not, like, so to speak, saving money or gaining money, it's not a financial benefit, that would be hana. And also, the fact, even if he enjoys the learning, so what? Again, mitzvah that applies to mitzvahs, talmud Torahs a mitzvah, the fact that you're learning Torah and enjoying it, that's wonderful, but it's not a restricted um hana that would be forbidden by any neder. Avoloyilam denu mikra. What Shimon cannot do is teach Reuven how to read pesukim. According to most, the point here is on the what's called the pisuk tamim. You can you can charge someone to teach you how to read the pesukim, the verses correctly, um, with their proper like um, violation and cantillation notes and so on. Most of the pesuk. Pisuk Tamim it's actually um, whatever Either, whether it's the Rice or the rubana, it doesn't matter the point is the teaching of this Torah um, is permitted um, to be you're, char- you're permitted to charge money for it and that being the case um, by saving the money but not having to pay a regular teacher and uh, and getting it you know for free is essentially a Hanas you would always pay money for and therefore it's forbidden for Shimon to do to Reuven that being the case if you're talking about a place in time uh, where People do not charge for that, and you could get the teaching for free, so Reuven's not saving money, therefore it would be permitted to teach even Mikra the Psukim. The Mishnah goes on and says, "Aval Shimon may teach Reuven's children, his sons and daughters, even Mikra, even the Psukim, um, because although that's the kind of thing you can charge for, the thought is he could find someone who wouldn't charge for it, and therefore... Um, the fact that Reuven's teaching his children is not necessarily saving him money and therefore it's permitted. That's the thought of the Mishnah here. Um, it's interesting that the Mishnah refers to teaching Reuven's daughter, daughters, Benosav, um, because there's clearly not a mitzvah to teach her benos to your daughter's Torah. Um, and in fact, the Gemara and Sota and the Ramah and, and the Halacha, you're not supposed to, you're not allowed to teach your daughter Torah. So that's a little strange. Um, uh, and therefore no Kiddush. Of course, of course, Shimon could teach Reuven's daughter Torah because that's not something he would ever have to pay for. Um, that being the case, there are many um Gersos versions of the Mishnah that the words "vespanosav" simply aren't there, and probably that is the that's really how it seems in the older versions. That's probably the case. The Mishnah goes on and says, Vizan es as banov. Shimon is allowed to provide food for Ruven's wife and his sons, his children. The idea here is like that we saw in the previous mishnah: to pay off a debt is permitted, what's um, already been incurred. And uh, Reuven has this financial obligation already to provide for his wife and children, technically children only until the age of six years old. Um, so, but it's permitted at all events because even if he's paying off a financial obligation that Reuven has, but but um, that's permitted if it's like considered like a chov an existing obligation. That's true, even though. There's an obligation for Reuven to provide for the food for his children, but since that's an obligation that's existing already, um, Shimon can do it. However, says the Mishnah, "Velo yazun es behemto, but Shimon may not feed Reuben's animals because that's a financial benefit. He's saving money. He's getting the benefit of a now a fattened up animal and that was a financial benefit to Hanan. Therefore, um, even if Reuven's animals are hungry, Shimon can't feed them. Bain Tamea, Bain Tahora. Says the Tanakama, that's true both for Tamea, non kosher animals, and Tahora, kosher animals. So a Tamea would be like a horse, a Tahora would be like a cow. The point is that Shimon um, can't feed either Reuven's um, horse or cow because that actually accrues a benefit um, to, to Reuven the owner. Rabbi disagrees and he says, Rabbi Omer, Zanis a Tamea. He says the non kosher animals, like a horse, Shimon could feed the a Satora, but not the kosh animals like the cow. Um, of course, he agrees that the cow you can't feed because the fatter the cow, the more food there is to go around in terms of meat, and that's everyone's benefits, or the owner's benefit, and Shimon can't benefit the owner movement, so that can't be done. The thought is, however, as we'll see in a moment, um, you don't eat the you don't eat a horse, so therefore it being fatter is not a not a benefit. Um, important to note here, the case is that Rabbi Eliezer is saying in a situation in which the, the horse has had enough to eat, he's just giving him extra food. That's when it's permitted. Of course, the food is, if the, if the horse has not got enough to eat, so then Shimon is saving Reuven and his money by feeding the horse, now would be forbidden. But giving extra food is the question. On that, Amru Lo, so the rabbis say to Rabbi Eliezer, Ma ben to te Why in the world should be a difference between feeding his horse, which is not kosher, and his cow, which is kosher? Amru Lehen. He says, listen, because when it comes to kosher animals like a cow, so its you know soul goes back to its maker when the cow dies, but gufa, the body, is for the owner to eat. And therefore he benefits from the, the fatter the, the carcass, the better but if it's a not-kosher animal like the horse, he can't eat it, so both its soul and its body, so to speak, go back up to heaven, he has no benefit from the, the corpse of a of a horse, he can't eat it, so therefore, it's permitted. Amrulo, they said, well, not really. The truth is, your poetry aside, the horse, the not-kosher animal, of course, yes, its soul goes back to heaven or whatever, but gufa, its body, does belong to him technically. And shim yirten, if you know what, if he wants to, harehu Akum o Machila Klavim. Not only does Reuven own the the, the the carcass of the dead horse, he could sell it. He could sell it to a non-Jew who might eat it, or, I don't know, make it go to the glue factory, or Machila Klavim. he could feed it to his own dogs, and that would be a financial benefit to him. For Blazer holds, listen, people don't think those kind of terms. When the when the horse is still alive, no one's thinking, oh, I'm feeding it extra foods, to get fattened up so I can feed it to the you know, to the dogs or to the glue factory. And therefore, to the contrary, really, Blazer's thinking, since you're not eating the, the horse now, you're fattening it up. Well, who wants a fat horse? The thinner the horse, you know, optimally, you know, trim horse is the most effective for whatever, going places, carrying loads, whatever the story is. Once it's overweight, that's actually a disadvantage. So therefore... Rabbi Eliezer says it's not a problem. No one has like the feeding to the the glue factory or to the you know to the dogs afterwards in mind. Nevertheless, of course, the Allah is not like Rabbi Eliezer. Like it basically never is. It's like the Chacham Tanakama. And that being the case, um, one may not feed his neighbor's food. Sorry, his neighbor's animals' food. If there's a nether in place that neighbor can't get benefit from him, um, even if it's overfeeding, even if it's a not kosher animal.